Oh, hello there. How are you? I'm great. That's good. Let me ask you a pointed question. Have you ever had the munchies at two o'clock in the morning? Oh, yeah. I know I have. What better way to suppress the munchies than with a big, hot, and a fresh Puffy Nipples pizza? Oh, yeah. We're looking for corporate sponsors here at Oddly Specific. Speaking of Puffy Nipples pizza, Todd. Oh, yeah. Ever had one? No. Nothing like that gooey cheese, that supple pepperoni, and that tangy, succinct tomato sauce all coming together on a circular ball of dough. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a good crust. Puffy Nipples Pizza, coming to you straight from Oddly Specific. How did that go? I mean, we could use a corporate sponsor, I think. We could probably... I think think we definitely need one. Hey, anybody out there has a business, wants to give us some dough to do this thing, we're ready to receive it every Monday. May 3rd, 2016, the year of our Lord. How's it going, Chris? Good, Todd. This is Oddly Specific, Volume 2. De. De. Ni. Dios. That, those are all the languages I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's all I know, too. So uh, I, I have to admit, Chris, I didn't do too much homework-wise over the past week. Jeez, man! Like I, I don't know. Like, Frig, uh, I know, I know, I know. But I did, I did come. I, you know, there was something that I wanted to discuss with you in regards to podcasts. That yeah, I thought was kind of cool. So, do you remember the movie Pumped Up? Pump up the volume. Yeah, it's with one of them. It's Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought it was kind of weird, especially after last week. When you think about the premise of that movie, it's kind of like another Footloose, right? Super outdated. Sort of. Actually, that's a good parallel, yes. Well, the reason I say that is because, you know, the whole premise of that movie is this guy is sort of taking over the airwaves and uh, says a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. Yes. And people have a problem with it, and he ends up in a Jeep uh, transmitting (laughs) (laughs) transmitting a radio station from the back of a Jeep, like, running from the law. So Pirate radio. We've come, you know, a, a long way, I guess, right? Because now yeah. anyone can just go online and say whatever they want. Yeah. Like Puffy Nipples Pizza, for example. I've never even heard of that pizza place, <laughs> but I'm sure they make a good pie. Actually, could I, could I, um, it's funny you mentioned this about, you know, because that's kind of, it was kind of, it was pirate radio. Yeah. Pump you know, yeah. of the volume. Christian Slater was a, he had a pirate radio station. Yeah. Little does anybody know, I believe, but we actually had a very similar situation right here in Ottawa. What? I'm going to tell the story. This is going to be kind of a little story. I'm going to is it going to be like 95% accurate or full, no, th- full this, on? No, this is factual. Okay. And, and you can actually research this. I encourage anybody listening to this, research this on Google. This is a true Ottawa story. Okay. Okay. About 16 years ago in the, the, the municipal election of 1999 or 2000, okay, the, the millennium municipal election, there was a guy named Georges Sadi. Georges Asadi okay. ran for mayor. Yep. Now, if anybody lives in Finley Creek, you'll definitely know Georges Asadi because, number one, he's got a hilarious plaza at the end of Bank Street and the Bank Street and, I think, uh, Mitch Owens. Oh, okay. And there's the Saadi gas station. Mm-hmm. There's the Saadi plaza okay. in Alta Vista. There, and then there's, like, this shitty strip joint with, okay. like, a really super seedy motel. Okay, so this guy's this guy's like a property mogul. 
I guess, yeah. But I like I I just know him because he owns these properties, but I really know him because his son, who I know some people who know the son, the son had a pirate radio station. He had he got a radio antenna and put it on the top of his father's strip club. <laughs> okay. And started this this radio station called Mix FM, which was a pirate radio station in Ottawa. Mix FM. Mix FM. And this kid was like 14 or 15 years old or some shit, and he was doing this. He was like playing music, using bandwidth, like like spectrum, radio spectrum, that okay. only Industry Canada can like give you the, you know, give you the rights to use, right? So this guy fucking erects this, this radio station antenna, calls it Mix FM, and starts fucking playing his MP3 player, like, <laughs> you know, like whatever, like just starts playing music. Yeah. Like this teenager. Like, That's super weird. Totally. And the father like helped George aside to help him put it, Put the, the fucking antenna up and stuff like that. So anyway, the, the RCMP came and arrested this kid's ass. Okay. And like they took down the antenna. He put it back up. Like he was like totally. So it was pump up the volume. Radio martyr. Yeah. He, this guy was, he totally pulled this off. He got in a lot of trouble with the law over this to play like fucking three doors down in the Backstreet Boys and shit <laughs> like that. This was like back in the early 2000s, right? Check it out. Mix FM Ottawa. I think there's a Wikipedia entry related to this, but that just, you know, the pump up the volume reference just. It's um, excuse me, I'm a little congested, but the the pump up the volume reference just reminded me that a real life situation like this happened in Ottawa with this kid whose dad was you know he got like 11 votes in the municipal election of 2000. Yeah. But Georges Sadi is well known for you know like having these development signs up and stuff like that. Like there's a spot you know where the giant tiger is. Anybody who lives in Ottawa, you're going to know Russell Projects, right? There's okay, Russell yeah, yeah. Projects yeah. right at the corner of Saint Laurent and Walkley, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this big parcel of land. It's like a useless parcel of land, okay. right? Right in front of the giant tiger, right? It's like yeah. facing a highway and it's just like totally screwed up. Okay. So Georges Chassadi bought that land apparently and mm-hmm. he put up this thing where he was like, we're going to have a hotel. It's also going to be a culinary district and a casino and a race car raceway. And like, it's just, it's like ridiculous. It's like this over the top, you know, plan for something that hasn't, hasn't even been approved by the municipality yet. As far as I knew, yeah. Uh, or as far as I know. So I think they've taken that sign down, but when it was up, I remember, I remember like going out of my way to drive down Walkley and Saint Laurent to see this fucking sign Yeah. that was, it was like everything you could possibly want would, was there. You want casino? It's there. No problem. You want a race car? No problem. Always there. No problem. Culinary district? We have all the best pubs right here. So what happened? Right away. <laughs> what happened? It just fell apart. But I'll never forget this Georgia Saudi guy because besides the fact that his son ran this like legitimate, a genuine pirate radio station in Ottawa. You know what? I think I rem- that sounds familiar. George, to man, me. we were talking about this before. George, I just remember. No, like, I mean the actual station that Mix, Mix FM. FM. Sound- I'm telling you, Google this shit. When we're done, I, I I'm imploring everybody listening to this. I want you all to Google Mix FM Pirate Radio Station Ottawa. Just promise me you will, Todd. Oh yeah. Okay. That way we can kind of follow up on the topic. Yeah, yeah, maybe for next sure, week. for sure. But I just I found it funny because George Sade. I just I, I'll never forget listening to CFRA like in like 1999, 2000 when he was running for mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody asked him a question in the interview and was like, George, uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. It's Georges. <laughs> oh, really? Correct. Yeah, he, he, wanted to, he wanted the pluralization of the. Okay. It's like, oh, sorry, Georges. What do you think the city needs? And I remember, I'll never forget this. He's like, the city, it needs the young blood. 
And the guy in the radio station was like, the what? Because <laughs> the young blood, it needs the young blood. We need the new blood, the young blood yeah. to make the city back to new. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what he actually, verbatim, that's what okay. he actually said. And the guy was like, young blood? He's like, yes, the young blood. He, and he's like, you mean young blood? He's like, yes, I just said that. The young blood. We need it hot and fresh, okay? Right so, away. <laughs> so anyway. is he still around? Is he still doing stuff? I think, is yeah. He... I think he owns a strip club and stuff like that. But he's a bit of a, oh, sorry, I just whipped that cord. But he's a bit of a, like a bit of a character, like a, an Ottawa an Ottawa Like character. an icon in Ottawa. Well, sort of an icon, yeah. But he owns this like shitty strip joint at the corner of Mitch Owens, like in the, the deep bush, like going to Greeley. If you want to go see, wow. you know, it, like it's a basement strip joint, which I admit to having gone to like when I was 20 years old with okay. my friends once. And I was just like, oh, this is a place to do dingy. And I, you know, so yeah, it was, it was just, you know, anyway, his son ran like a genuine pirate radio station with a, like an $85,000 radio antenna that he erected on the top of his father's strip joint. Okay. So how legit did this thing sound? Like, did he, I don't know. I never listened to it. I wasn't even really aware of it until like just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I was is because my cousins knew this kid and they were like, yeah, this, like this guy would come to school and everyone was like, oh, oh shit, you got a radio station. That's crazy. <laughs> and he really did because his father let him erect an $85,000 radio station antenna on the top of his strip joint. And then like, the, and apparently like if you read the the stuff on like online about yeah. the, the history of this, yeah, this fucking kid, like the RCMP were like, take that fucking antenna down. And the kid was like, fuck you. <laughs> And it was just like, I'm not fucking doing any of this shit. Like, he just, he was defiant the whole way through. Like, the cops arrest, like, physically arrested him. Yeah. And apparently, George Asade was like, oh, what can you do with the kids? Eh? Nothing you can do about the kids. So he would just keep putting it back up. Yeah, and- he was completely complicit in his son's defiance of the law. Wow. wow. It was totally insane. So, listen, just take my advice, everybody. Google George Asade. Google Mix FM Pirate Radio Ottawa. We'll follow up on this next week but this is a real story oh i'm wow. not blowing this i'm not i'm not exaggerating this at all this is true no i'll definitely check it out i'll definitely yeah, check it out because i mean this this sort of stuff fascinates me you know the the because i mean aside from all the the rights to the music etc cetera, etc cetera, just just sort of yeah you can't just fucking play shit <laughs> there's, there's like, rules in place for a yeah. reason there's royalties to be paid there's like yeah, there's yeah. radio royalties there's all sorts of shit that goes on like yeah. this kid i don't know like apparently he inherited some money mm-hmm. and he's like i want to start a radio station and i think the dad you know what we were talking about this last week yeah the dad's a yes man for the kid the kid is like chris <laughs> cornell remember we were talking yeah yeah, yeah. Chris Cornell, oh, I think I'm going to rap today. Yeah, anything you need, Chris, we'll do it. Let's go. I booked the studio time already. No problem. Yeah. You can do it. No, you can't. You're Chris Cornell. You're no fucking rapper. Stick to fucking Soundgarden, you asshole. Well, I, I'm glad you're all riled up about this. Fuck, I just hate it when people, like, you know what the problem is? What? You know, and this is another thing I'm a little pissed off about today. Okay. I went to Starbucks this morning. Yeah. Okay, I worked from home this morning, went to Starbucks. I'm at Starbucks. And there's these young people in front of me. Okay. And they're talking about Bernie Sanders. Okay. Okay. I don't want to get political here. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I really don't want to get political. But, like, these kids were talking about Bernie Sanders like he was fucking riding a unicorn that was (laughs) farting rainbows. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what? They're like, Bernie's, like, they were, this is the way they were talking. Like, Bernie's the only guy who gets it. He gets it. You know, like, we have to introduce uh, universal health care. Like, these are Canadians, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck? I, I mean, 
you know, are you Americans? Like, you know, why are you talking about Bernie Sanders? Like, he needs to do these things. I think it's one of those, I mean, all of this, you know, the U.S. politics is definitely on all of North America's mind. And, you know, it point. should be, you know, because we're, we're, we share a, the longest undefended border in the world. A lot of the yeah. stuff that goes on there I take a keen interest in. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit about what happens in Canada, but like. But what did you take from this? Like, what did well, you take from? Well, they were just, I, I'm not really, I'm not really elaborating. They, they were talking in very broad terms, okay. you know, about how Bernie Sanders is, 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 was the only solution for the States post Barack Obama okay. and that Bernie Sanders actually got it. But so after they'd say things like that, they wouldn't provide examples or talk. No, about not really. They were destroying Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, everybody's got a different opinion of all these people. I respect that. Right. But they were saying certain things that were based on what I can understand. And even what I did some brief research on, even on PolitiFact was, was factually incorrect. Like okay. one of them was saying that Hillary Clinton sabotaged her own plans to introduce universal health care, that it was all smoke and mirrors, that she did that simply just to um, increase the favorability rating of her husband when he was in his first term. Okay. Now, if anybody remembers, I don't know if you remember back in the early 90s when she did that, mm-hmm. like she was thwarted. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't remember well, that at she, all. Well, she attempted to introduce, you know, I'm a little ignorant of the matter, but like she attempted to introduce like kind of what would Obamacare back then okay. or, or some kind of universal healthcare coverage for all these uninsured Americans. And she failed. It just was, she wasn't able to even ram it through Congress at all. Like everybody was just like, Whoa, 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 you know, do your job and stand by your husband. You know, like that's what, that's what they kind of did to her. Wow. And these kids like at Starbucks this morning, they were just kind of going on about how she's like dishonest and that she bungled the healthcare thing up on purpose to help her husband. So is that like, I was like, what? That makes no sense. Like, no, I I mean, you know me, I'm pretty socially awkward. Like if, if this podcast was just me, it'd be called socially awkward, but (laughs) I'm just going to say like, do you find that when you hear conversations like this, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like, the the general populace has talking points now and and you yeah, know, yeah there's a lot of spin going around all over the place well, it's just, and, i just think you know what you know I, I put up a facebook status today after this thing happened at starbucks this okay morning, okay and it's just that i think the internet is making like educated smart people totally stupid <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think, I think. Okay. Okay. I, but I'm just going to call you on that. We're on the internet right now. And you talked about whiz kisses last week. Yes, I know. Which probably. So you're proving your Probably point. lowered everybody's <laughs> IQ. But what I mean is that like, you know, yeah, smart, no, educated know people. Yeah. Are, they're incapable of critically thinking about things. Okay. And you know, what is the definition of critical thinking? The definition of critical thinking is generally applying an evidence-based approach to things, okay. factually covering your ass, yeah. you know, coming to a conclusion on something and weighing both sides, you know, and just kind of, and, you know, basing it on fact and on data and mm-hmm. on hard, you know, on hard stuff, hard, hard data, hard science, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I was a little put off by the fact that I don't recall, like, you know, that that's kind of, you know, that's a stretch to say Hillary Clinton you know, sabotaged her own attempt to cover a bunch of uninsured Americans back in the early nineties, simply to help her husband. And they were, and then, you know, I, 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 I was kind of going in and out of the, of an audible range, but you know, they were, they were just kind of, they were talking a lot of shit. I was just like, ah, I don't know if any of that's true, but it doesn't sound true. And the way you guys are talking, it's, it's condescending. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, the reason I'm laughing is because I'm picturing you standing at Starbucks waiting for your cafe au lait. Just like oh, yeah, I get making a cafe inter- au lait at Starbucks. <laughs> well, I don't know what you get. I don't Hello, know Starbucks. barista. I need a cafe au lait. 
May I have your no. feather? No, I, but were you sort of, you know, making noises and snickering in the background? or were No, you... I was mostly just rolling my eyes and going like, fucking Jesus. You That's know? an even better visual is you standing there well, it's, listening to these kids, fuck. rolling you know, your like, eyes, you know. Well, you know, it's like this, you know, I've been getting, I've been getting heat a little bit lately because I, I, I admit, I guess I'm a, I feel a little critical of millennials. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, I like... A lot of these, a lot of millennials I know, they're, 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 you know, they just, they're convinced they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like it's, or say whatever they want, or they generally have, you know, I'm really painting with a broad brush here, but yeah. I'm, I'm praying for the future. Okay. The future generations is just like, you know, get your facts in order before you make a decision on something or come to a position, please. Every, you deserve, you, you know, you, 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 you deserve that. You deserve okay. to be informed and to think of both sides of the equation, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's about Donald Trump, who's a piece of shit. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, Donald Trump. He just won Indiana tonight, by the way. Oh, he did. If anybody's following these U.S. primaries. No, I was getting all set up here, so I didn't see what happened. I got to admit, though, you know, Ted, Ted Cruz called Carly Fiorina mm-hmm. uh, to, to be his VP pick. Yeah. And you were putting up messages about that, too. What you were putting up like so? Oh, media. on Facebook, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can't. You know what, man? I can't. I don't want to be that guy, and I know I'm kind of becoming that guy. You know what, though, Chris? Like, you're gonna end up, you know, living in a, a bomb shelter somewhere. Like, <sighs> fuck, I don't know. I, I I've noticed in 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 I I joined Facebook in 2007, mm-hmm. and since like in the nine years that I've been on Facebook, yeah, my my statuses have gone from you know comedic in nature generally to now they become increasingly more serious and more political and you're becoming like curmudgeonly i guess so. which is funny because i i started on facebook like right about the time that it's started and i just recently got back on to post bullshit messages about our tax on on our i saw that yeah we say (laughs) hey by the way on that note this is volume two and in the week since we did volume one we started our facebook page we have a soundcloud page we've been posting regularly on our facebook page you're probably um, hearing us on iTunes right now, I hope. Yeah, we're on iTunes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage everybody listening, you know, uh, check us out on Facebook. Check us out. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You know um, what I kind of yeah. hope? So Chris, at one point, uh, was in a band called The Setbacks. And the one of the more hilarious things that I've ever read is they did an advice column. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, I kind of hope in future that you'll you'll start doing a bit of an advice column, Chris. You know, you know what's funny about that, Todd? What? I um so that's still up. If if everybody goes to the setbacks.com and goes to the WWSD, which is the acronym for what would the setbacks do? There is literally a decade's worth of advice. Yeah. And my the my my friends, my former bandmates. Uh, we often talk about this, you know, like once or twice a year. It's kind of, hey, remember we had that advice column? We had 10 years worth of advice. <laughs> it's a bit of a trip. Like like a while ago, I actually went through all the advice. It took me like four or five hours. Yeah, it's like a massive, massive oh, column. Oh, yeah. And I remember going through the, to the first question when when my bandmate Steve uh, and Trev and Paul, actually, oh, they, we all kind of came up with the idea. Yeah. But I remember the first question was like in 2002 or something. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, holy shit, that was like, yeah, that was a long time. That was fucking and fourteen years ago. Are like, you still getting? Are you still getting emails? Like you still no, getting questions? No, no, no. Well, we're not active anymore, right? I mean, no one's going to this website anymore. But you know, it was fun while it lasted. But it's it's actually worth a good read because they're just ridiculous. Yeah, like, it, seriously, it's one of the more hilarious reads. Like thesetbacks.com. Go to it. Check out WWSD, 
and just you know <laughs> tell me what you think. I, and the part, like even the names, man. I'm sorry. In order <laughs> to keep the anonymity of the people asking the questions, we made the some... ultimate effort with the the the, the names. <laughs> Johnny Flapjacks, Serious Balls. Yeah, yeah, it was you know. So so anyway, yeah, but you know, uh, but oddly specific is on Facebook. We're on iTunes now. Subscribe to us. And we're going to make this a weekly thing. So, yeah. um, and one of the things too, that what, like, that's part of our thing too, is every time we're going to, we're going to put this podcast up uh, tonight or tomorrow. And then we like to publish things related to what we had discussed. So yeah. I'm probably going to do some fucking serious Google research about mix FM. And I'm going to put up the whole fucking story on that shit. I, this is kind of blowing my mind. Cause yeah. I, I mean, this is like a bit of Ottawa history. Oh, big it. time. It's total Ottawa history. So <laughs> anyway, what else happened? What happened this week, man? Uh, you know what? It, I mean, it, it kind of ties in with that whole "This is Dan Bell" thing. Uh, oh my god, I watched those videos. By the way, terrifying, right? Well, terrifying and hugely depressing. I don't find them depressing. I mean, <sighs> I, I find them extremely interesting, but um, just sort of along that vein. I mean, I didn't go break into any, you know, abandoned homes or anything. <laughs> but uh, just part of like we've been doing a lot of genealogy in our family, my right. sister and I, for the past little bit. So we really. Uh, Oh, yeah. Like Ancestry.ca? Yeah, like we found out that, you know, and I had no clue about any of this stuff, but, uh, you know, on my mom's side of the family, we go back like six generations in Canada. It's pretty It's pretty Whoa. nuts. Really? So, yeah. And, Irish, uh, right? Irish on your mom's Irish side. Irish and British and then Japanese on my dad's side. Right. But uh, right. so we, you know, we, we took a, a, you know, a huge look into our family history and we assumed that uh, all of the, my mom's side of the family came from like Manitoba. And huh. it turns out that some of them, um, when they arrived from Ireland or Britain, Britain, they came to Leeds and Grenville area. Whoa! So we took a drive down there this weekend. Rural was, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. So we took a drive down there. We took a look at uh, a few cemeteries, which is pretty cool. I mean, there's like uh, uh, graveyards where there's tombs of veterans of the War of 1812, just lying on the side of the road, and yeah. you know. You, I mean, you're probably going to say it's depressing, but we checked it all out, you know, and uh, we were lucky enough to be with someone who was very knowledgeable on the subject. So we got schooled huh. in, in a bit of a history lesson there, Super which is pretty cool. cool. Uh, so we checked that out. And yeah. the thing that I found sad is in a lot of these sort of roadside, you know, historical cemeteries, uh, the rains washed away the names on it. So I really hope at some point somebody gets on. I know there's like you know, websites where you can search graves and they've got photographic record of them, but uh, we're losing a bunch of history like every time it rains, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so we did that, and then we uh, we pulled into Delta, Ontario. Do you know where that is? No. So Delta, Ontario is kind I'm of... I'm assuming a, it's close to Leeds and Granville. Or yeah, yeah, Granville. It's, it's sort of south of Ottawa. It's, it's uh, like a tiny town. It's pretty cool. Uh, but we spent the better part of five or six hours there. And Whoa. the reason why is they still have these buildings standing uh, from like 1796. And it's in this tiny little community, beautiful community. Um, and the reason we stuck around, uh, we were with our, our friend Gus, who you know, obviously. Right. And he was taking photos just of, you know, the beauty of this little town. There's a, a mill there that's, yeah, like I said, it's been standing since 1796. Whoa. Um, but the funny part was, so we came around the corner and there was this sort of beat up house with, uh, you ever see this, you ever drive around and you see houses that are kind of renovated, 
Like it's got a brand, <laughs> yeah. it's got like a brand new roof, but the yeah. rest is falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we came around the corner. It's hilarious. And, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this thing's got like a brand new metal roof on it. Beautiful metal beautiful. roofs are, the, are badass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know beautiful roof, beautiful old old home, but it's right. falling apart. So we're standing outside, sort of admiring this thing. It's massive, massive home. I think it was like it's a, a provincial heritage home. Right. The the Don Davison House, I believe. Hmm. So we're standing there looking at this thing, and the neighbors are like, "Yeah, just go in." I'm like, uh, uh what? They're like, yeah, the door's open back here. Anyway, so we didn't go in, um, but we just sort of walked around the property and uh, took a look. And I think that's why we stuck around, man. There's there's all these crazy old properties and cool little spots all over Ontario that just seem to be, you know, they're going to be gone. You know, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that I did on the weekend. What about you? Yeah, that's making that's reminding me of something actually. As you know, I, I work in an office building. Yes. And the office building was built in 1907. Yeah. And there was a genealogy report done, I guess the genealogy of this building, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, I happen to own. I bought the building about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got this genealogy thing done in the building. And I met a lady who was born in the house the year that I had purchased the property. No way. Yeah, she, like... Uh, the guy who had done the report for me, um, he uh, he contacted her. He went to City Archives and uh, he he put together this huge binder of you know hundred year old photos and shit, shit yeah, like that of my yeah. office. And then I had met this lady who was born in the parlor, which is actually my office in the building. And it freaked me out a little bit because I was like, "Holy Christ!" Like yeah. this this woman was born in the room yeah. that I work in. And she's in her early nineties now. Yeah, and it, like she was showing me photos of her outside of the building, mm-hmm. like when she's like six years old, seven years old, and stuff like that. And I just got a huge trip out of this. And yeah. when I read the report, I just find this stuff really interesting, right? Because it's like a hundred years is a really long time. Yeah, it's like a it's like a blink of an eye. In the grand yeah. scheme, it's in the a grand blink scheme of things, eye. it's hilariously you know, it's a hilariously <laughs> yeah. short period of time, right? Yeah. But to, but when you when you see something that's like the full lifetime. Of a person, yeah. You know, there's a lot like, of history. wow. There's a lot yeah. of history there, right? Yeah. So it's, I find that stuff very, very interesting. Although I do not want to go on ancestry.ca. I don't want to find out about my family. You don't? Well, I mean, I know a bit about my family, but I mean, like 200 years ago. Okay. You know, yeah. my last name is Saraceno. Mm-hmm. I know this, which is we we are of Arab descent. Okay. I know that we originally three, four hundred years ago came from Syria. Okay. And the reason my last name is Saraceno is because we are related to the Saracens, yeah. who were the Arab invaders of Europe. And, you know, I think that's all I need to know. <laughs> Man, that's that's crazy, though. You totally should look into that. You know, and you yeah. know how you see these commercials, you know, for Ancestry, and it's like, I didn't know I was 4% Portuguese. Yeah, well, know. it kind of happened to me, and this wasn't through Ancestry.com. It was just through independent research. Like, you'd be surprised at all the stuff you can find without subscribing to a site just going on and, and looking at records. I found you know, books that were published in Manitoba that had, you know, passages in them written by my great-grandmother. It was really weird. That's crazy. The stuff that you can just sort of find if you just find that, you know, put the right terms into Google, basically. On, on the Japanese side, though, I, I, th- I could have sworn you had said to me, and I'm not trying to take the piss out of you or anything like that, yeah. but there are samurais in your family, right? No, what we've looked into more now is uh, the region where my father's family came from, uh, which we found out was in the Kagoshima pre- prefecture. 
and it's uh, Minami Kyushu, which is which actually has uh, samurai residences there. So that's you know my sister and I are freaking out at this point. We want to go and check this area out, and you know, I I never met my grandfather. He died before I was born. So right. there's so much stuff that I couldn't ask him, you know, about you know Japan. Obviously, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'd like to know about that. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you this: I know that my great grandfather, mm -hmm. he lived in Manhattan for ten years. He left my dad's village in Italy. Yeah, and he he went to Manhattan via Ellis Island to shut street lamps off for ten years and was sending money home. That's what he did. He shut street he did, lamps. He didn't off. see his family for ten years. That was a, yeah. There was a crazy like, arrangement, eh? Like with some is, of these jobs. This yeah. is what I'm fucking talking about, man. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, just a side note. Uh, you know, I listened to the first podcast, and I know I'm swearing <laughs> my my fucking face off. I'm really I'm making a concerted effort not to swear as much. You got to tell them about your mom's message, man. I my mom listened. To, my mom listened to the. To the volume one and was like, yeah, great. Yeah. You know, like the typical mom reaction where she doesn't know what the hell you're doing. She provided stats. Like, um, yeah, she, she was like, you swore a lot. Like you, <laughs> all you did was swear. You know, why are you so potty mouthed? <laughs> what, were you out at sea for six months? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, my wife suggested that I put a swear jar in front of you. I'm not going to do it this time. Okay. But I'm, 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 I am, you know, I'm making an effort not to swear as much, but. But anyway, what I was saying was that what was I saying? We were talking about how um, he was uh, turning off streetlights. Oh yeah, yeah. And didn't yeah, see his family for ten years. Didn't see his family for ten years. Yeah. Where I was going with this mm -hmm. was, you know, I'm talking about this, and I'm thinking about those fuckheads that I saw at Starbucks this this morning. Okay. Like Bernie Sanders, like yeah, because the only guys, all you know, like oh, like they're so like you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? These fucking guys, these these young people now. Okay. I'm saying oh, I'm becoming a curmudgeon. I'm becoming such an old bastard. You're but reminding I, me a lot of Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino fuck, right now. I, well, yeah, I know I feel like this. Oh, <laughs> shit. No, but I, I have. I hear what you're saying. I yes. have disdain. Like I see these things on Facebook. I hear people say things. I see you know memes and stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, uh, oh, your your feelings got hurt. Oh. You know what I was doing when I was your age? Storming the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, I <laughs> think like, about what? that. I think, yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think about that a lot too, you know, what, what some of the older generations would think. I mean, even about our generation, to be honest, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, so. Dude, talk to a World War II. I remember the first time I talked to a World War II vet. Mm -hmm. That shit blew me away. Yeah. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's like hey, how are you? I'm good. You ever put a knife through a Nazi's throat? But, yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, that shit isn't funny, man. Like, a lot of these people, like, you know, teenagers back in back in the day, man, when they had to go to war, they went to war. Yeah. And, they, they and were, like you said, yeah, it was teenagers. Teenagers. You know? It was fucking teenagers. They didn't, they went to high school, maybe graduated, had kids and families early, went off to war, watched all their friends die, come home. Dealt with shell shock, aka PTSD. Oh, alone. Alone, yeah. no therapy. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like I, I've just come to the conclusion. I think one of the, the I, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I, I was talking about this with my my wife, Sarah, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm I'm I was going like fuck, you know, like it just seems like everything's kind of gone a little crazy, you know. Like yeah. I, I sent her this article today that I saw on CNN about grit, you know, and like it's funny to 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 think about like the the things that kids have to go through these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, like it's it's a fucking joyride, man. It's I'll, you know, like 
I'll just bring it back to one of the things, like very briefly, but I'll bring it back to one of the things that I found out. Like I found out that uh, one of my great grandfathers was gassed in World War One, whoa, and came back, and that's what eventually killed him. So he survived being Dude, gassed. That's came crazy. Back, you know, and uh, wait, but wait, your grand, your great grandfather, yeah, on, on your mom's on side, my mom's side, on your mom's yeah. side, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, all right, that makes sense. So he was gassed in in World War One, came back, and had long lasting effects from that. And it, that's fucking know, crazy, yeah. Man. And that's what eventually. That's not. Him. That's no joke. That's no. serious shit. So he, when he got back, you know, you think of he had a tall order. <laughs> You know, no to, shit, to that's deal crazy. With. And then, and then, was he married? Did he have a family? Did oh yeah, he, he had a family, had children, and stuff? yeah, yeah. He had a family, he had a children. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that he probably didn't deal with in the best way. Yeah. But uh, and it's funny when you look at his. Obviously, I never met him, but when you look at his tombstone, uh, it's you know it says his name, and I guess his nickname was Happy. So you have to wonder. My sister and I were wondering, like, there's an I, ironic twist. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I like, get the sense. Was he a complete jerk? You know, <laughs> when he came back, or you know, did he? You know, was he a funny guy when he came back? Basically, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm becoming a bit like Joe Rogan. You know, <laughs> you know what the he, problem is with these kids these days? <laughs> Fuck double standards, man. I think you Chill look out. a little bit like Joe Rogan. Fuck you. I don't look like Joe. If I look like Joe Rogan, you look like. You've told me multiple Oro times. Kosaki. That's what you look like. I don't look like. <laughs> you look like Shredder from Ninja Turtles, all right? No, you told me I look a bit like Dan the Automator. I also think you look like David Chang. Okay. I look like Chris Kirkpatrick and a bit like Joe Rogan, I guess. Yeah, you're a Chris Chris Kirkpatrick, Joe Rogan cross. Yeah. I saw, you know, it's funny. I go to South by Southwest every year. Came back in March. So jealous. And uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, but I remember the third year I went, I, I actually ran into Chris Kirkpatrick. No. Like the Chris Kirkpatrick. Like NSYNC. Yeah. And I was uh, a little put off by how bedazzled his jeans were. <laughs> yeah. He had, you know those you know those yeah. jeans that have the fake jewels and shit yeah. on them? Did it have like an elastic waist? I, well, I, I didn't lift up his shirt to okay. check it out, but like his jeans were bright. Okay. Like I was, I was, it was nighttime. Did you guys have a moment? Like, no, I just, I kind of, no, it was one of those weird things. That, like I have two modes when I meet celebrities. Mm -hmm. I'm either like I, I sit there and just observe, yeah, and just like process. You had a run-in with uh, Ghostface Killer on yeah, a plane. That was different. Semi recently, yeah. right? Well, last year. Last year, I sat next to him on a plane. How was that? It was cool. His real name's Dennis. <laughs> Did he say that? Like, yeah. No, you can call me Dennis. No, he was a cool guy. It was yeah. like it was it was a bit surreal for me actually. That is pretty surreal. Yeah, he was. Um, he told me a lot of hilarious shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a cool guy though. Um. And then another time I sat next to Sean Lennon. Oh, really? Yeah. It was uh I've got a little bit of a story about Sean Lennon. What's Chris the story. You obsessively listened to Sean Lennon for the better part of what? When was when did that was it? Into the Sun? Into the Sun by Sean Lennon was uh, an obsession of mine for about a year. To the point where I wanted to kill you. Yeah, I'm sorry. So <laughs> there are people, I mean some of you may know Chris and I were in a band at one point, and we used to do these little tours of Southern Ontario. And uh, I remember on one, actually, was that you? No, yeah. we, were, we were in Toronto. Yeah, so we were in Toronto, and Toronto, Toronto, and we had just played a show. I think it was Lee's Palace or something, something like that. Anyway, yeah. we got back to the hotel. It's like three in the morning, and I don't know who it was, but it, you know, I'm gonna picture it being you saying like, "I think I need some pizza." So we went yeah. on this mad dash for pizza. Anyway, later on, Chris decides to put on Into the Sun by Sean Lennon. And then our other friend that was there decided to keep it on 
for the rest of the night for into all the night. morning all, all night. night so all night this fucking record is playing which you know at first yeah. i was like wow this is kind of cool and now i will never listen to it ever again me neither so, I, can't, I can't listen to that shit anymore let's no. just say let's just say i woke up at about 11 in the morning under a table in the hotel room with pizza lightly draped over the table above sorry. me. sorry yeah with into the sun still playing and every time i'd turn it off he would turn it back on you wrecked it you know what's weird? It's wrecked. I know. I did wreck it. I'm sorry. I ruined it. You know what's weird though? Um, I didn't talk to Sean Lennon. I, that no. was my that's that was my first mode. Sometimes that's I meet weird. these celebrities and I and I'm just I don't say anything and I just look at them and I hope they don't look at me staring at them. Yeah. And I just observe and I process and I just log it in my mind mentally. Okay. Sean Lennon was like that. Because I I was next to him. He looks so remarkably like his father. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of like his mom too, but mm-hmm. but you know it's Sean Lennon like shit, you know. Yeah, I didn't say anything to him. He was sitting next to his girlfriend was with him, and she was like super. She looked like Edie Brickell. Like oh, very, okay. very New Bohemian. Yeah, just very like Edie Brickellish tank, tank tops you know? and wavy hair. Yeah, uh, Ghostface. I approached. I was just like, hey, you know. And I remember when I approached Ghostface, I was very mindful not to do anything that would be too white. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know want, what that means. Well, I just okay. I didn't want to offend him. I didn't, okay. I, you know, I, I like I felt very strongly in that moment. I was like, I should I, I should really assess what I'm going to say or how I'm going to introduce myself <laughs> okay. or the greeting or whatever. Okay. Because I I don't want him to to be offended. Okay. You know, because it's Ghostface Killer. So, so I was just like, oh hi. I, I think I said something. <laughs> that I was like, I was like, oh hi, hi Ghost. I called him Ghost. I know that. I was like, I was like, oh hi Ghost. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, you know? Mm-hmm. And he shook my hand, and then we sat next to each other on this plane. It was, it was, uh, and it was, a, it was a really interesting conversation for three hours. It wasn't a constant conversation yeah. for three hours, but it yeah. was pretty, it was pretty steady. But um, I had asked him about Action Bronson. Yes. And this was before they had the big beef. Big blow. Because I'm yeah. a big Action Bronson fan. Yeah. And uh, and he and he was just like, yeah, yeah, I like the guy. You know, it's cool. And, and you know, it, it, so what happened after that? Then I don't know. What, I, I don't know. Cool. Well, that. I don't know what happened because I, I I really 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 like Action Bronson. This is something we can put up on the Facebook page. We you can just search Action Bronson. Action Bronson. Yeah. Beef. What happened is Action. I think was he was on um he was on one of the hip hop shows in New York City in the morning, mm-hmm. and he I guess I, maybe they caught him on a bad day or something like that. But he said something to the effect like. He was suggesting that Ghostface hadn't done a good record in a long time. That he was wow, kind of played okay. out. Didn't show him a lot of respect. Okay. So so Ghostface flipped the fuck out. Yeah, I read that whole... He yeah. put up this like 30-minute video and was like, <laughs> fuck you, you fat piece of shit. Fuck your... F-. Like he was just... Was, yeah. He was livid. Yeah. And he like systematically dismantled every achievement at Action Bronson's ever had, his culinary career, his face... His friends, everything, just like fucking, just dismantled this guy. Well, afterwards, I mean, you ever, was... you ever seen RoboCop two? Yeah. Okay, you know when they fuck up Murphy? Yes. They literally dismantle him on that assembly line. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's what Ghostface did to Action Bronson that day. Yeah. Well, destroyed him. I saw the the Twitter response that Action Bronson put up afterwards, and it was just very short, very much like. Oh, yeah, no. I think he was pretty conciliatory. Yeah. He was just yeah. ah fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please forgive me. Yeah. See, this is you know I gotta tell you. This is why I could never be a rapper. Okay. I could never be a hip hop artist because um, it's a very adversarial 
um, kind of environment. It, like, was it wasn't always though, right? I don't think. Well, I don't know. I think it always kind of was, man. I mean, like even back in, like you know, back when hip hop started. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows anything about hip hop, I mean, it started as uh, on the backs of a lot of like dance and rap battles and stuff like that, and like you know, it, it, it's it's always had an element of of, of confrontation and competition and and uh, like an adversarial tone to it you know? i have to ask you this question now yeah what was the very first record or tape or whatever that you, you ever bought with your own money of anything yep the, anything the very first one i bought yeah. was permanent vacation by aerosmith <laughs> yeah really oh yeah so what was on that one <sighs> Fuck i'm i'm not i'm not you know, I'm not trying to get away from this conversation. The reason I'm asking is because the very first, I remember, oh, I don't even know what year it was, <laughs> but the very first tape I ever bought was, oh man, uh, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Though It was one Whoa. of those two. Whoa. And I remember, uh, you know, and it kind of leads back into our previous conversation too, because I remember my dad being like, oh, that's not music. What are you doing? That's not music. And then he put on like, I don't know. Freaking Elvis or something. You Your know? dad liked Elvis? Yeah, a lot. My I, my I, my <laughs> household growing up was a steady stream of the Beatles. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> oh, here's another one that I can never listen to ever again. Super Tramp. Can't do it ever super again. Tramp. Man, it was Super Tramp 24-7 in my house growing up. Uh, Beatles was awesome. <laughs> Elvis. I can't think of a single Super Tramp song that I can like even hum right now. But anyway, I just brought that up. Because, you know, I mean, this was after our, you know, rap had been established, but my very first tape. Yeah, I'm pretty sure actually it was Rob Bass and DDA Z-Rock. My, my dad, I think I told you the story before, but mm-hmm. I had a citizen paper route. I had a paper route that was technically my first job. Yep. And I had a, a yellow Sony sports Walkman like everybody else. Yep. And I remember one of the first tapes that my parents bought me mm-hmm. was... Um, it was a George Michael tape. It wasn't, I don't know, I think it was Faith. Did Faith have I Want Your Sex on it? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So there was these two tapes. My mom my mom, and my dad bought me Faith by George Michael. Okay. And also Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. This, I'm wow. talking like in grade school. This was like grade six, grade five or six or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Um, so I remember listening to, I don't think my mom and dad knew that I Want Your Sex was on the George Michael tape. And... <laughs> I didn't. I don't think they, they bad decisions. I don't think they comprehended how uh, suggestive the Bon Jovi tape was. Right? Yeah, yeah. So fucking ate the shit up. I was just like, but I was like, this is the best. <laughs> that brings up a, a point now too. Like, is anything really suggestive anymore? Like, aside from you know extreme extreme violence or extreme extreme sexuality, like generally uh, you know things are a lot more accepted now. I uh, I think you can get away with a lot more now. Yeah. Like I, it's kind of like everything. You, you would, nothing is restricted now. Like, yeah, what's yeah. considered controversial now? Oh, I don't know. Now you know it's funny. Now it's it's people are a lot more informed. Or they're more sensitive to to things that might be misogynistic or sex sexist. Mm-hmm. It's like people don't have a problem with violence. I like I don't know. It's almost like we're a little desensitized now. Yeah, it's weird. It's do you, uh, do you think that it's time to start start reeling stuff back? I don't think so. I, I'm I'm a very big proponent of free speech. Okay. I think you should be entitled to to say anything that you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. It's not hateful in nature. Okay. 
Um, and you know, there's all sorts of crazy shit that falls within that realm that is artistic in nature. Like I've seen a lot of, you know, mixed I'm only media. laughing right now because I remember a certain, you know, person <laughs> last week telling us about how much he fucking hates Matthew Good. Fuck Matthew yeah, Good. Because yeah, well, <laughs> I am not backtracking from those. Co- fuck no, you. I know you're joking. Hey Todd, suck my dick. (laughs) Shut your face. No, no, no. I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. No, it's uh, you know, I I think that we're you know, we're kind of desensitized to certain things now. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that back when I was doing my paper out, yeah, you know, listening to, uh huh, uh huh, do look like lady (laughs) with the first tape that I bought. Yeah. And I remember my dad hearing that song. Mm -hmm. I was like, Dad, you gotta listen to this. I put it in his tape deck in his Oldsmobile. Yeah. He's like, what's this? I was like, ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba, like, like a lady. My what? dad's like, what? What's he saying? He's like, the dude looks like a lady. And my father was like, whoa, what? Is he dressing in drag? And I was like, I don't know. And I, I, I didn't really know what that, what was that song about? Um, I don't know. Was it about a trans person or was it about a guy who just likes dressing up as a woman? I don't know. I always thought it was like never judge of, a book by its cover. Well, I mean, was it semi autobiographical? Because a lot of the you know the guys back then, you know, they'd be dressing up. I think that's what. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Androgyny was entirely yeah, like super androgyny, right? Oh, so yeah. I'm wondering if it was about how people perceived the bands back. Yeah, then. Yeah, but those guys all, all like got laid the most out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The 80s was all about androgyny, mm-hmm. extreme androgyny, which yeah. was started by fucking Rick James and Prince, and it came out of the hair the hair rock of mm-hmm. the 70s. Yeah. Next thing you know, fucking guys are wearing lipstick and eyeliner and and tight everything. It's it, Putting you know, bananas in their crotches and shit. Like, you know how they say everything's cyclical, right? So you got to wonder when this, when this is going to turn around. I know. And, I know. It know. is cyclical. Dude. Have you noticed what kids are wearing these days? No, not really. They dress like fucking Duran Duran. They they dress like um I was shopping on on the weekend actually. We went to Sarah and I went to Nordstrom. Okay. Nordstrom on Sunday. And we were at the Rideau Center, which mm-hmm. is a big mall in Ottawa for people who are listening to this podcast and they don't live in Ottawa or in Canada. And I went, we went to American Eagle for five minutes or something like that, or I walked by and I was like, wow, the style is like 80s villain jock. <laughs> it is. It's like it, if you notice. I that? have an '80s villain jock name. Todd is <laughs> Todd, like yeah. is like the ultimate '80s. Todd jock was villain always name. the asshole in every John Hughes movie. Next podcast, I'm gonna lightly drape a sweater over my shoulders yeah. and tie it in front. Yeah, it's you know? it's. But you know what I mean, right? It's like it's a style. It's like it's always a it's a it's a polo. Mm-hmm. It's like some kind of uh, sweater uh, hugging your shoulders. But it's weird how how you know. Sometimes you'll see it's like the top half looks like it should they should be in a tennis court, and then yeah. the bottom half is like I don't know. It's bizarre. It's really off. It's weird. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It, it, things are cyclical, and I'm waiting for when the androgyny of the hair metal days yeah. comes back. It, it must it be definitely coming back. Will. It definitely I mean, fucking will. Axl Rose is the lead singer of ACDC at least temporarily now. Yeah. Guns N' Roses got back together. Which was interesting because I was watching that Troubadour footage on YouTube. I was like, man, they still have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's only like, it's like Dizzy Reed, Duff, Slash, and Axel. Yeah. And I was kind of glad to see that they got back together, you know, because they were, they were one of my favorite bands. Like Guns N' Roses was, was, a, was a major 
pedestal band for me. Okay. Um, so I was kind of glad to see that they got back together. You know, I don't know how how long this is gonna last, but I I would go. I like I am planning on seeing Guns N' Roses on this upcoming tour for the remainder yeah. of the year. Yeah. But you know, they were kind of that band that like didn't really. They weren't. They were coming out. They were coming out of that androgyny. Like when they just started, they were a little androgynous, and then they kind of were like, ah, we don't give a fuck. We're gonna just. <laughs> drink and we look like the new york dolls now you know it, that brings to mind a band that chris and i used to like was the age of electric dude and they got back together what they played fucking vancouver on the weekend like this past weekend yeah follow look at the age of electric on instagram they're back together well i brought them up because you know when we first got into them it was right around when they released the age of electric like yeah, the self-titled the, the, one right yeah the self-titled but yeah. what were they before that because there was a bit of androgyny going on there i think okay? oh they were the age of electric but they were like androgynous yeah because they i think they started in the in the late 80s yeah so right before grunge hit and everybody was wearing fucking lipstick okay yeah yeah but yeah, dude, the Age of Electric got back together. Todd Kearns, mm-hmm. who's the lead singer of the Age of Electric, yeah, the Age of Ele- AOE, uh, it was playing. Weirdly enough, a little bit of a parallel was playing with Slash for a number of years. Oh yeah, playing I heard bass, about that. yeah, I playing bass that. with Slash, yeah, uh, and doing like you know doing all this stuff in L.A. on the Strip and in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Uh, and then he got AOE back together with Ryan Dahl and Kurt Dahl. It's like two brothers. It's two sets of brothers, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Kearns brothers and then the Dahl brothers. Yeah. And uh, and now they're touring. And they're touring. They're touring. Yeah, like I don't I don't think there's an Ottawa show, but if there is, we gotta fucking yeah, go to that. We'll shit. definitely go. We're gonna go to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. My my friend Steve lives in Vancouver, and I was just like, fuck, they played the Commodore. You should have gone. Yeah. And I don't think he was even aware that they <laughs> they got back together, <laughs> let alone that they were playing the Commodore. So, but were they were they writing new material, or was it just nostalgia fest? I don't or? know. I have to look at it a little bit more, but I think there's some new stuff. Like, uh, what are the reason why would they, would they get back together? I mean, I guess the money, but it, it's kind of weird too how nowadays there's there's so much importance on nostalgia, you know? Well, it's the cyclical thing, yeah. right? It's like yeah. Yeah. everything old is new again. Yeah. You know? I mean, what else is what else is like cyclical right now? Well, it's funny, I, you know, I talk to my niece sometimes and I see what they talk about music-wise, and there's a lot of love floating around for country, man. What? Country Your music is likes country massive. music? Yeah. And I was like, really? What is happening? Like, look at the Blues Fest lineup this year. Blues Fest is a festival in Ottawa. It's massive. Um, but look at the lineup. It's huge. Country music is is massive. Who's right the headliner now. of Blues Fest this year? I don't know. Isn't it um, Kanye? No, that was last year. <laughs> <We're> Kanye? So- <laughs> Kanye West? You know this man? Something. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. it's... Uh, it's the Chili Peppers, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I see. but why that's is, Why has country music come back? What the hell is going on? But you know what? It never went away. That's what I think. I, it's, it's weird to me because our generation, that was like social suicide if you liked country music. Fuck, I know. But, <laughs> but you know, it's you funny. Know? Garth Brooks played here recently. Yeah, I need, yeah. I went to go see Garth Brooks in grade 10. Yeah. Like when it was kind of not so cool to go see Garth Did Brooks. Did he fly? I have to admit, it was a pretty amazing show. Yeah. He's heavily influenced by Kiss. Yeah. Um, so it was like there was Pyrotechnics, an amazing band. He played for two and a half hours. It was yeah. like totally worth yeah. the money yeah. to go see Garth Brooks. Um, but I just, I was, I was, I was surprisingly floored by this show. Yeah. Um, I 
don't know. I guess country's always been around. It's not so much cyclical. That that's been a big that's that's a huge niche market there. I think though what I mean is that, you know, with the with the younger generations right now, that's becoming like one of the big things you know like one of the big defining music things i, I thought about this a lot too like you're, you're telling me that young people are like i'm in a country yeah i'm okay with it yes really yeah weird yeah they they love it and i mean even though it's not my cup of tea uh you know i'll never slag people making music man you know like i'm never gonna you know the only thing i don't like about the country scene what is that it's it's uh, it's it's alarmingly uncomfortable with the attire Okay. Do you notice this? Keeping in mind, my wife went to the last Garth Brooks concert. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, for the for young women. I, I'm raising two daughters. Okay. Um, and I took my 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 daughter Eva out clothes shopping recently mm-hmm. because we're kind of transitionally, you know, building up a new uh, a new wardrobe for her for the summer. And we went to Old Navy, and I was like, "Oh, here's some shorts." And I was like, "These aren't fucking shorts; they're underwear." Yeah. And then I remember seeing something somewhere probably a country video or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like everybody's sk- like scantily, scantily dressed in these country videos and these country festivals. Yeah, but don't blame country for that. I mean, no, no, that's... I'm going to blame country for this. <laughs> okay. I want to blame country music for this. Okay. Cause because that it's, never it's, happened before. It's like, it's like scantily clad women mm-hmm. in cowboy boots, you know, with a piece of hay sticking out of their mouths with like those Corona cowboy hats, you know, the wicker ones. Yeah. Wearing bikini tops and it's just like everybody's having a good old time, you know, with the good old boys on the farm. And it just seems like there's there, there's a sexualization of everything nowadays. But fuck, when country music becomes sexualized, <laughs> you know the fucking Armageddon is upon us. Country music. Yeah. yeah. God damn it, country music. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I will admit, I will admit, I'm sorry for any country fans that are listening, but I'll admit that my sister and I... Uh, used to play a game which was random country music song generator and oh my god you know you just pick up uh you know the the magnets on the fridge or whatever it's kind of like the same premise where you just throw a pickup truck with you know some type of alcohol and (laughs) dog and you know what i mean but i find it's really branching out it's really sort of branching out now and talking about different things. They're throwing like beats in there now and really, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, remember when T- Taylor Swift started out as a country act? Yeah, yeah. She her first single was fucking it was called Tim McGraw. Yeah, her first single was called Tim McGraw. Yeah. So and now she's not a country act. It, it's a force to be reckoned with right now. She lost her know? country accent. She lost her fucking southern, her southern ass. She reversed. Accent. She reversed. Yeah. Bieber. <laughs> yeah i'm not joking man I, I saw this footage of her and she was like fully she was like she was like a country act she was yeah. a country artist yeah she identified she was almost like a carrie what's her face you know who won american idol yeah carrie uh underwood carrie underwood yeah you know she talked like she this, talk like this that's the whole marketing machine behind this right like yeah. you and i know we had i mean we had a very brief sort of foray into how things work but uh, there's actually a very interesting article. I'll put this up on Facebook after. It's uh, on the Atlantic, and it's about how there's basically four. <laughs> I think it's Swedish men. They put it. They put it like there's four bald Swedish men that are writing all the pop music uh, that you listen to. I've right heard now. of this before, yes. and it's it's pretty fascinating. You know, you have all of these, uh, you know, these singers that are called the artist. Because right. they're not the songwriter, right? And they're just basically propped up in front of people to to sell these songs that these guys are writing. 
and you should definitely give this a read when I put it up because it's sort of I mean mm. we we've known about it for a while but it's 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 an eye opener for people I think when they find out that like these you know 20 some uh 20 something year old girls are singing songs written by you know 40 to 50 year old bald guys from Norway or Sweden or wherever uh, you, you, know? you just saying that reminds me of Ace of Base <laughs> you know what Ace of Base came on the radio yeah. a while ago and my kids were in the car and they were like into it they were like you know yeah and they were like oh what is this jack it up i was like oh god it's ace of base yeah the hokiest corniest band group in the world aqua one up to them i'm sorry man uh yeah it may be but shit i mean <laughs> but ace of base wins because the guy in ace of base was a former nazi remember that yeah that was really really weird and they remember, they, they like they like oh, they like they, like, they, they kind of like confronted him about it yeah they were like, "Were you a Nazi?" And he was like, "I was not a Nazi. <laughs> I was. Not, I just attended a Nazi rally." Yeah. yeah. Okay, but were you a Nazi? No, I wasn't. I'm sorry, I was a Nazi. That's exactly what he said. But they were. I was not. I'm sorry, I was a Nazi. You, oh, you were a Nazi. You could tell this whole, you know, that roundtable discussion was them trying to like, okay, how can we remake ABBA? You know, it was definitely <laughs> an attempt to recapture the ABBA magic. I don't know if they succeeded or failed. <laughs> the the one Nazi guy yeah. was was like trying to insert Aryan lyrics all the time. <laughs> no yeah. man, yeah, no. no, I don't know. No, he wasn't. But that's fucked up. But. Um, there is a one more quick thing that I wanted to ask you about before mm. we go. Um, yeah. what is your opinion on Radiohead? Radiohead have scrubbed themselves from the internet. Yeah, uh, I think that's interesting. But I'm not, I'm also not, kind of not surprised. They uh, they posted something today, and it's a small snippet, like a small clip of, yeah. of and it's sort of stop motion animation going on. I heard about this, yes. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting, man. I, I mean, whether you like them or hate them, I think they're definitely a polarizing band, especially you know when Kid A came around. But whether you love them or hate them, what's your opinion on what they've done to? I, I get it. The uh, business of music. First of all, the Benz is in my top five records. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite records is The Benz, the second album by Radiohead. Yep. Um, I read uh, something that Tom York had said um, on Facebook probably, but part of the reason they did this was because there is such little money paid, uh, royalty money paid via streaming. Streaming is really fucking over a lot of these Yeah, they were super against Spotify. They were, yeah, they, they just, they're, they, I think what, what Tom York was saying was that, you know, like we're creating this music and we already, we're already in an environment where people aren't even willing to pay for the stuff. A lot of the time they're pirating the stuff. Like there's a huge sense of entitlement from the, from, from fans Mm -hmm. these days. And now we have to kind of add insult to injury where like there's a medium like streaming that is, that is that is playing our music and we're literally getting like 16 cents on the dollar. We're getting, you know, even less money now than we were before. Yeah. It just seems to me like it's really shitty to be a musician now. It is. Yeah. It really well, sucks. Financially. I mean, it, yeah, but why would anybody want to do like, I get you love it, but fuck it. It's, it's even more, it's, it's even harder to make money than it was before. You know what? Though? It seems like that. Anyway. Chris, and it's interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But, you know, you've had sort of two sides on this because I remember you would constantly say to me, you know, when I when I was having problems writing songs or doing things, I remember this always stuck in my head. And you mm. said this, I don't know, about five or six or 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But you said, like, Todd, you know, it's cool if you just want to play music in your basement, you know? 
And I, yeah. I thought about that for a long time, you know, because I'd sort of flail my flail at myself about, you know, not getting out there and not playing and, you know, not putting things out. Nah, you know what, man? I think like we just do it for fun now. I play yeah. a band. You yeah. do music. Yeah. I think when you're just doing it for fun, it's, it's cool. Yeah. But you know, when you're banking on to, you know, on it to be your career, yeah, it's a serious long shot. And even, you know what? I was thinking about this. Even if you did become a professional, like rock star, mm-hmm. what kind of fucking thankless life is that? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're on the, you're living in hotel rooms your entire fucking life. But some people like that, you know, some well, people, yeah, some people well, enjoy that. Some yeah. people enjoy networking. Sure. Or, you know. And then the statistical likelihood of you like developing a serious drinking or drug problem. I think like quintuples if that happens. You I know? think I think the reality is nowadays. I mean, you could um, make a bit of money. You know, I've been talking to some people, and they're like, you know what? I I pay my groceries and I pay my rent with music, mm-hmm. and I think that's really great. I think that's yeah. You know, if you can do that, I have so much respect. Hey, for you, you know, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you like know? it's it's if that's your thing that's your thing and i like i just i think in it, as an industry mm-hmm. it's it's been eviscerated which isn't necessarily nobody knows a what, bad yeah. thing nobody knows what's going on no one knows what's going on cuz yeah. i used to work in a music store yeah and i remember like you know fucking stacking records on tuesdays and and cap display merchandising and this is back like when every rap album cover looked exactly the same yeah. you know back in like the juvenile days and yeah. master p days and shit like that but uh, but yeah, I mean, like back in the day, like you buy a record and there was two singles on it, and the rest of the album was shit. Yeah. And now it's uh, it's I, to me it seems like there's more well crafted quality music uh, coming out on albums. Yeah. And it's just like the 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 level's been upped significantly because major labels don't have power anymore, like the way, the way that they used to, right? Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. However, like the immediate like the immediate. Na- like the immediate nature of consuming music now because of the internet. Oh yeah, it's instantaneous. It's instantaneous. Like you know, it's it's put. Uh, it's just changed everything now. It's and in, inadvertently, what has happened is that it has made it more difficult for musicians to get paid with the streaming thing. Do you think that it makes it um, makes music a little more Ooh. disposable? And what I mean uh, is, I remember when records came out and it was like, this is out on Tuesday and you made an effort to go out and get that and you put your headphones yeah, on. It's it, not like that anymore. It's not like that. But it is It is too because now vinyl is huge. Yeah, vinyl's huge. So I don't know, man. It's fucking bizarre yeah, world. I mean, really honestly, weird. if you had met me in 2002 mm-hmm. and, and been like, I am from the future. <laughs> Are you Sarah Connor? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> imagine your future self going back to 2002 yeah. and being like, Todd, Chris, I have something to tell you as you repackage those CDs in cellophane. Yeah. In, <laughs> in 14 years, All music the music be- industry will be a, an apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. No one, there will be no such thing as New Tuesdays anymore. <laughs> There'll be this thing called iTunes that will destroy Napster. <laughs> Napster. Oh Remember Napster? Yes. You know, yes, I I, yes. I would have been like, shit, go back into that fucking DeLorean and get out of here. Yeah. Go back to 2016. Yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah, I, I I find that you you definitely have more access to a lot of uh, different styles of music yeah. now, which is good. Yeah. You can get a hold of things a lot easier. But I don't know, man. I kind of miss that whole quest for things that you like, you know, the, mm. the search rather than, you know, a, a three second clip and you're like eh, next 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 yeah. next you know you know it's cool man there's no fucking like 
if One Direction is as boy band as it gets now, I'll mm-hmm. fucking take it because at least they have some talent and they're not hokey and corny. You know, mm-hmm. I can't believe I just said that. I, I you it's know, it's on just, record. I just fucking hate. I hated the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I hated In Sync. Chris Saracino and One D. Oh yeah, like, and even, and then there was the there was all those shitty Canadian versions too. Like three deep. Remember three oh, yeah, yeah. deep. Three deep with Eddie Cibrian. Yeah, yeah. And that other guy from The Young and the Restless. What was the one? Wasn't there one that had like changed their name? It was like indecision. Oh no, it's Soul Decision. Remember it was like oh, yeah. well, make a fucking decision. Yeah, make a yourself. fucking decision you know? and decide what you want to call yourself. And then there was like Sky. Those two guys from Montreal. Yeah, but I, weren't they? There was like I think they did their own stuff. I they think. did, but they I were just know. they fucking had brow rings and just really <laughs> lame. You know. Anyway, I'm I'm glad. All right. I'm glad things aren't the way they used to be. You know? <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. I uh, hope to hear you um, or hear from you on uh, send us a message. You know, check us out on Facebook. Check out our Facebook page. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, or uh, jump on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com backslash oddly specific, I believe, or just search oddly specific. Oddly specific podcast. Podcast. I'm sorry. Oddly specific podcast. Yeah. Um, or just search oddly specific on SoundCloud. Uh, search oddly specific on iTunes uh, and check us out. Um, so until next weekend, or I should say next week. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Talk to you guys soon. Later. <laughs>